What's going on, Fade to Gray family? This is Chris, and I've got some great information for you. Like always, I spent a little too much money for the holidays this year, and I'm struggling. But luckily, I met Brian from BoundlessFinancialSolutions.com. He helped me set up a budget, learn how to invest my money, and he even helped me understand my retirement. And they don't just work with individuals. They work with businesses and nonprofits as well. What's awesome is they won't ever cold call you or spam your email. You tell them your needs, hopes, and dreams, and they will provide you with their best options at your convenience. Listeners of Fade to Gray can call 413-977-9967 and ask for Brian, or you can email him directly at brian at bfs-team.com and mention the podcast to receive a free consultation. That's hundreds of dollars in value. Services are available where licensed. Look, you have no excuse not to get your finances in order. Visit BoundlessFinancialSolutions.com and let them remove your financial fears. What's up, guys? Before we get into the episode here, I want to tell you about Chad Johnson. Are you tired of paying too much for your auto, home, life, or small business insurance without having your own agent you can trust to advise you correctly? Insurance agent Chad Johnson has multiple companies to offer in these products and is licensed in Missouri, Illinois, Oklahoma, Kansas, Arkansas, and Iowa. So if you guys live in the Midwest in any of these states, I want you to call or text Chad at 417-421-2925 for a no-obligation quote on any of your insurance needs. Again, call or text Chad at 417-421-2925. Let's get into the episode. Ladies and idiots. This is the Fade to Gray Podcast. Everything will be aces. Let's get faded, guys. Hell yeah. He has many and I mean many leather-bound books on shelves made of rich mahogany. Now you've heard of gay conversion therapy. Well, this is gray conversion therapy. I think you're gonna like it. I'm not braver than you. I'm just drunker than you. And you're fabulous. You deserve to be told you're fabulous. What do you think about the podcast? It sucks. Nice. All right, guys. Welcome back to season two of Fade to Gray. Uh, this week, uh, it's basically the season two premiere, and we hope you enjoyed the season one finale with Joey Svensson. Um, our guest this week comes from the world of sex, drugs, rock and fucking roll, podcasting, <laughs> songwriting, and all around just badassery. Uh, he's known as the Unstoppable Badass co-host of amazing podcasts such as Song Rescue, The Bad Christian Podcast, and lead singer of Emery. That is a rock and roll band. Uh, we're honored to have him here at the round table, hear some of his life story, probably troll him a little bit, give him some shit. Yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mr. Toby Morrell. It is me. I am here, guys. Yes. <laughs> oh, they with the applause and everything. This is a class so act right here. I didn't know. Good Lord. I didn't know the Fade to Gray was going to be like that good. Gosh. Come on, baby. Come got on. got me a green room or something? This is pro. We're bringing it up a level. Welcome, welcome to how podcasting is done. Yeah, I'm learning some things right now. <laughs> well, you're on the right track. You got a Sierra Nevada in your hand as well. So you're you're a good boy. Nope, not Sierra Nevada. This oh. is, uh, no, this is Yazoo. I, I, it's funny. I never drank Yazoo beer before I moved to Tennessee. We and all got beers. So. <laughs> yep. Everybody's got a beer. Yeah. Come we on. It's in the cup. Renee, what time is it where you're at? Let me see. 11.23. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, he's, he's always asleep when we podcast. It's like four in the morning when we're never doing an episode. And he's like, guys, I'm very sorry. I cannot make it. Like, yeah, yeah, I think we knew that. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> you, Andy. Hey, man, I am so happy to see you again, man. I don't know if you remember meeting me. I met you like a year ago. 
in Nashville, Tennessee at the original BC Con. Um, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I was kind I, of a noob to the whole bad Christian scene. I'd been listening to you guys for about a year up to that point. Yeah. Wasn't really active on Facebook and the groups at all. Yeah. So I didn't know anybody. So me and my wife showed up and didn't know what to expect at all. You know, just yeah. listen to the podcast, knew that we were probably getting into some pretty good stuff, meet some cool people. But I remember when things were first starting and uh, Matt was out there shaking everybody's hand and we we're coming in. And um, I don't know if he ever mentioned anything, but one of my first things I ever said to Matt Carter, I remember as he was shaking everybody's hand, I was like, hey, Matt, nice to meet you. You want any edibles? He <laughs> 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 was, like, was like, no, man, I'm good. I'm good. Not here. So, um, but then when you guys were getting started, I remember uh, seeing some guy come on the stage in this cape, in this like fan of the opera thing. Oh, yeah. Wig. I'm like, what's going on here? This is cute. Some some fan is going to do a little song or something like that. And then, and then, they, and then the, the guy starts singing, right? The guy starts singing. I'm like, this guy has some pipes, man. Who? Because I wasn't familiar with Bad Christian a whole lot or Emery, really. So I'm like, man, this guy has a great voice. And like, this is going to be a good time. And then he takes off the wig and the mask. And, oh, it's Toby Morrell. I know. Here we go. So good, good job. And really looking forward to uh, what you guys have planned this year. That's Thanks, a hell man. of a first impression. Yeah, right. Actually, is it's quite the first. A lot of people don't know it. I love musicals. I think it's just so fun. And I was thinking about what's the like, you know, grant like, you know, the same way as like the band Queen or something. Just feels so majestic. And like when if you ever watch any of their videos or anything, it just feels like something's awesome. I was like, it'd be really cool to start something like that because it'd be you know a little tongue in cheek. It'd be funny and also maybe could be kind of cool. And uh, I I tried to pull it off. I don't know if I did because I did. I did the split face too. I did yeah. the, you know, half of me was 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 the male singing, half of me was the female singing, and so. <laughs> did you guys release that audio at all anywhere? I don't think so. I don't know. I'm looking forward to this year's BC Con, and uh, we actually Fade to Gray has a house. We have a pretty badass party place out there in Deep Ellum that we got off air. Oh, nice. Would love to maybe have you out one night, drink a couple beers, and. Shit yeah, maybe shit. we will. We're gonna have our uh, our bus is gonna. Well, I think I'm gonna drive our bus from Nashville there, and that way. Everybody will that you know on our crew and that has to stay and clean up or whatever can just walk out and sleep right, go right to sleep. Like I thought that would be kind of cool to do something like that. So we won't have to go back to our Airbnbs or anything like that. Like everything that I'll have is you know right in front of the the venue. So that'll be kind of cool too. Yeah, that's pretty piss smart. bucket and all. Yeah, but why why Texas yep. though? Yeah. Well, uh, why Texas, Dallas? Well, we thought, we, okay, so there was an idea. Uh, the first one, and just for anybody that's listening that didn't go or doesn't know what we're talking about, the BC Con, Bad Christian Conference, was life-changing for me. Like, it, I didn't expect it to be like that. I thought it would be something that was really hard, and we'd do really poorly at it, and maybe lucked out and had some fun, but I, didn't, I did not expect it to be, like I said, life-changing, and it just felt that way. Like, the, the group of people that we had – it was like everybody really wanted to be there, and there wasn't any like bullshit. Like it's just so great that you could just show up, and it it's like people that are like minded, even if you have differences. There's a, there's some kind of connective tissue in everybody's story, and I just thought it was so awesome. Like I, I there, was, there was a time back backstage where uh, I was trying to make coffee or something like that, and I just caught myself kind of tearing up. And I, you know, y'all know me, I'm not like. I'm very emotional and passionate, but that that isn't necessarily me. I feel cheesy and stupid when I do that, but I almost couldn't help it just because it just felt so real. And so we love that. All that to say, it was such an awesome, life-changing experience. We thought, okay, let's do it again. And we just th- tossed around the idea, should we do it in Nashville again? Because then does that just mean we always do it in Nashville? Is Nashville the best place? Or, you know, that southeast area, is that the, is the best location? And we just thought Dallas – 
uh, you know, we always love going to Texas and our band Emory has always done really well there. So we just thought, yeah, let's just try Dallas and see what happens. So, um, yeah, that's kind of the reasoning behind it. It's, and it's centrally located for people on the West Coast. It's definitely a life-changing event. I remember last year, I mean, like for me, I mean, podcasting was just a dream at that point. And here we are working on our second season. A lot of that has everything to do with you guys, um, you know, Matt, yourself, Joey, and the Bad Christian, and just that whole realm of podcasting. So thank you. And also, like, the community that you guys have built is pretty amazing. And we're doing something similar um, here with Fade to Gray, but also a little bit different. Definitely the whole deconstruction thing. But my main question with why Dallas? I mean, come on. Like, why not a weed legal state? You have all these people from the (laughs) Internet that that know each other kind of semi-personally. They get together. They want to party for a weekend. We don't want to be, like, ducking out from Dallas PD like the whole time like we're just getting yeah, down can't, so. can't you see the headlines Toby don't yeah. don't you see like you know man found with with weed at Christian festival yeah, yeah. <laughs> well if, if I remember correctly it wasn't it didn't seem like it stopped anybody from smoking weed at the BC <laughs> there was nobody that was like I'm not gonna smoke weed because I'm in the non-legal state Everybody, I mean, the first thing you said to Matt was, you want some edibles? So, I, think, <laughs> yeah, I don't think you have to worry about it anywhere, almost. Uh, isn't it? I don't even want to go into the weed talk, but you're right. It's just so frustrating. Like, Texas especially, though, is probably one of the tough, like, tough states. They will bust you. Like, every time I've flown in and out of Texas, like, there are, like, uh, you know, drug dogs and stuff. And I don't know if they're oh, tr- yeah. looking, looking for marijuana necessarily. They're probably looking for, you know, the harder stuff. But it is crazy. You're right. But it's like I said, it's just centrally located. So hopefully that, that makes it a little easier for some people traveling. Toby, I just wanted to talk a little bit about the first time that I met you because uh, you know, Omar said that his experience was a little dramatic. Uh, I guess mine was too. First time I saw you was in uh, 2003 at Cornerstone Festival. Okay. And uh, you guys, I don't even think you had signed a tooth and nail yet, um, but there was a lot of buzz about you guys. So my buddies yeah. and I decided to check out your set. Uh, the thing that stood out to me, it wasn't really the music. I didn't know anything about Emory, but I remember very, very specifically that you all had grown out these ridiculous mustaches yeah. for that show. But Matt couldn't grow a mustache, I guess, because he was right. wearing a fake one that kept coming off the entire time <laughs> and he was having to put it back on. And um, anyway, uh, I just remember, even though you know it wasn't like a huge crowd or anything, you guys were rocking it. I mean, you really owned the crowd. Uh, and I, so much so that I eventually ended up buying the week's end, uh, without even hearing it. So, I mean, uh, definitely left an impression on me as well. So I, I think the thing for us that I hope people understand, like we always have had to, it, maybe again, it's that, that kind of little bit of a theatrical, uh, you know, uh, comedy side of us that you just have to have fun. Like we just thought it'll be, like, I don't know why we think that, like we're, we're writing this you know, uh, heartbroken emo, uh, screamo music. And then we come out with, you know, fake mustaches or uh, I don't know if it was that year or the year before we each had our shirts with our names on it. And then the back of it had a letter with Emery and we all turned around and it said Emery with all of us standing together or whatever, like just goofball stuff that we just think is, is funny. And uh, you know, other bands a lot of times don't get it or didn't like it or didn't want us to do stuff like that. But it, I mean, it's exact. It's exactly how we are on the Bad Christian Podcast. Like we, we just had to have fun and cut up and do crazy things. And a lot of that, I, I will even say I pushed for a lot of that. Like uh, the first time we did uh, Warp Tour, we, we wore costumes. And I was just like, we got to do this. It'll separate us from everybody. And everybody's like, okay, we'll kind of do it or whatever. But I just, so I designed all the costumes. And I call it designing. I just picked it out or whatever. But I, I did all that because I just thought, I want something that shows my personality. Like I, 
I don't like the idea of being up on stage and I'm so cool and that you have to think I'm cool. I'd rather it be like, oh, I probably could have a beer with this guy. You know what I mean? Like that, that yeah. is, that is, man, I feel like, okay, I did it. If you, if somebody's thinking I'm so cool and untouchable or anything like that, 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 whatever, if that's powerful or, or weird, uh, you know, uh, uh, controlling or whatever, that does feel weird to me. August Bench Red stole your ID, man. They used a shark on the Vance Warp Tour. Oh, they did? Oh, they had a shark come out and jump. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Th- yeah, it's because when we when we toured with them, we dressed up in, you know, Christmas clothes and we had like blow up a big blow up uh snowman and a blow up something else on the side of the stage <laughs> and we walked out singing uh White Christmas and stuff like that and and everybody laughed, but you know, they didn't they thought we were dumb for doing it, but now I think you'll see more and more and I think you are seeing that. Like like for example, one of my favorite bands is or uh is like Foo Fighters or Weezer. And I feel like they walk that great line of not taking themselves too seriously. So they'll do a goofy video or something crazy. Or you know, the same way, Dave Grohl, everybody thinks he's just the guy that would be so fun to hang out with or something like that. That's kind of, I, I value that more. Yeah. Yeah, we call ourselves Paperback Hardcore because of you. Oh, really? Because <laughs> yeah, you sent your, of that your, snare. Your, yeah, yeah. Your band's in it. <laughs> that flat snare. That's like an 80s like hardcore punk snare. Yeah. You sent your, your, you you sent in your band's uh, demo, I guess, to Song Rescue, and yeah, I said it sounded a little bit like a paper bag on that snare. So you weren't lying. <laughs> you weren't harsh enough. Yeah, Toby, we're excited. At, you're like the second Toby we've had on this podcast, and you're doing a much better job than our original co-host. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. that Toby, the foreign Toby. Yeah, man. Yeah, uh, I discovered that we we thought. Uh, I mean, I listened to Bad Christian since the start, and uh, I know the name Toby has gone uh, passed passed by like for I don't know how long you guys are busy already, but for me it feels like years. And uh, I discovered that there's only 40 people, and in total, 61 people named Toby in the Netherlands. No way. Yeah, that's 70 million people living here. 17 wow. million people living here. Well, why is that, Renee? <laughs> it's because Toby is a dog's name. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dog's name in America, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We even got uh, uh, Toby's food for dogs. <laughs> <laughs> it was real worse. It was worse for me because Toby was not a popular name at all. In fact, uh, when I was growing up, because you know I, I, grew, I was born in 1976, so when I early 80s going to school, there was uh, a TV show. I don't know if y'all remember the TV show called uh, I think it was called Shaka Zulu. No, is that what it was? No, I'm sorry. Maybe that's what it was. Anyway, yeah. it was about slavery, and the main character was Kunta named Kinte. Yeah, Kunta Kinte. But that was oh, his roots. 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 Why am I saying Shaka Zulu? Is that was that a character? <laughs> anyway, roots. Sorry. Thank you for yeah. I went way crazier. Um, Roots and the main character was Kunta Kinte, but his his slave name was Toby, and so that's what his name. Him. And it's funny. I met a a guy. Um, there's a black guy that uh, I met somewhere. I forget where, but he uh, he was like, I, I said, no, my name's Toby. He said, Toby. Oh, that's, that <laughs> name's got history. That name has got history. And I was like, well, okay, all right. Yeah, yeah thank you, or, or not thank you. I don't know. Is it? Yes, it does, or something like that. So then, so that was the only people. That was the only other time I'd ever even heard Toby. And then, except for, then it becomes like uh, Toby Keith, the country guy, or Toby Mac. Oh, You know, man. both Toby those. And so, the, yeah. But you know so. what I mean? Toby means God is good. God is good. 
I didn't know that. Yeah. God is Gouda. God is Gouda. God is Gouda. <laughs> I think you were thinking about Shaka Zulu because yeah. they just re- re-released that on Netflix. I just noticed that the other day. So Is that what it is? Yeah. Possibly. If you, I mean, yeah, maybe that's what it is. I don't know why I said that, but... But you know, Toby, that's actually how that's a quick way like to get around white privilege. They'll be like, Hey, what's up, man? What's your name? You're like, Hey, I'm Toby. And again, you're like, Oh, Toby. Okay. Yeah. Hey, no problem, man. What's up? And like, you're, it's an automatic in. You're no, in. But, no, because that it's was the, the slave name given. It's the to opposite. Him. Yeah. It's the opposite. Yeah. But you don't, you don't think Especially that. In the South. Yeah. But you don't think that's somewhat. Yeah. Maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah maybe not. So anyway, um, Toby, I have another question for you about Emory. I think I may know the answer because you alluded to it a little bit ago when you're talking about how weird you think it is with the fame thing and how people start to like think they deserve to be treated certain ways or not. But my question, it seems like you did. You guys have done really well with your most recent album, the Eve album. Yeah. And and um, I, I just uh, masturbated to it this morning, by the way. <laughs> yeah, you, you have to. At least to. the cover, at least. There, um, you're not. And, you're, you have to as soon as you see the cover. <laughs> <laughs> And um, I really enjoyed it. I mean, again, like the whole screamo thing isn't really my cup of tea. But I like what you get, the sound you guys are doing in your later in your career. But you've also reached kind of a place of notoriety where people are like know who you are with Bad Christian. They know who you are with Emery. You guys are still popular and still touring. Um, has that fame done something where it feels like you're almost chasing that a little bit, where you're measuring yourself up now based on your fame and how people are looking at you? If Eve was like the pinnacle of you guys' career. If it was like does the best, and then everything you guys do afterwards doesn't really kind of match up. You're not quite as famous, you know, bad Christian, whatever happens. Um, I know you're an artist, so you're going to continue to make music, I'm sure, continue to, to perform art. Um, but would, would there be a dissatisfaction someplace in you, or like has fame created something in you where you feel like maybe you, know, you, you may be chasing it a little bit? Uh, I. This gosh, if I say my real answer, I think it's going to sound not believable. But the the fame thing to me feels like it's getting more exhausting. And I'll say I'll say this in two ways. One way, it's really awesome to walk in a room and if somebody knows your band or knows your podcast or something, you have an in with maybe being kind of cool. I can't I can't negate that. That's pretty awesome. You know what I mean? Like today, I had to go ship a bunch of vinyl to to this site that sends out vinyl. And the guy, just because I said I was in a band, we immediately had a dialogue. That's pretty cool. But sometimes it just feels exhausting because it, it feels like I'm doing something and it no matter what will be critiqued, positively, negatively, whatever. Like the, like the product that I'm creating comes out of my brain and it is only meant for critique. Like the songs or the podcast or the words I say that I, that I choose to say or don't say or whatever. It is basically goes out into the world for somebody to go, I agree or I disagree, I love it or I hate it. Sometimes that weighs on me. Like I, there, there are so many times in life, and I was talking to Renee a little bit on, online before this about, y'all, he said something about Joey when he was on the podcast, talking about I was worried that he would quit. It's not true anymore. Like there was, there was a time <laughs> clearly four right or five now. years ago where I thought Joey would quit because we were trying to push the limits. Now I see Joey in a different light. I see all of us in a different light. I, I'm probably more scared that I will quit. And, and that's true. I, I've thought about it maybe more than I would even realized at some points just because I want stuff to be real. And so it, it is taxing sometimes when – and I'm not even that famous. I can't imagine. Like there's so many times where I've thought, what in the world was it like to be like a, a, a Beatle? 
or something. I don't I don't know how you can't be crazy or weird. Like whenever we've had a decently famous person on the podcast, there is a difference, and I don't know how they could can escape that. Like Taylor Swift cannot be normal. There there right. is no way she can. Right. I mean, she she might have some normal moments. Like you could catch her in a moment where you know uh, her hair dryer went out, and she's like, "Damn it, this sucks," or you know, or, or you know, there's moments, but there is no way to escape. Like I, I saw uh, somebody posted it on Facebook though, there something like where she. This might have been a while ago. I don't even remember, but like she had to leave her house like in a suitcase or something, and I was uh, uh, something crazy <laughs> like that. And I was just like, man, it doesn't, it doesn't really help you in a overall. And so to me, any kind of fame, like I can't say that I don't like it because it is nice. Like I love the fact. Part of the reason I'm on this podcast right now is because you guys know that people know me. That that's valuable. I mean, there's real value in that. And at the same time, I I. I don't loathe it, but I I want to be real and have no say. Like y- y'all were saying earlier, uh, Omar, you said, "Man, thank you for doing the podcast. It helped us do a podcast, and we're doing something similar." And and yeah. this, like, what's so cool? And the thing that I want to push so hard for with Bad Christian is we didn't even have to do anything. Y'all just all met. You had some ideas, and y'all did this. Like this is a, y'all's idea. Like I mean, it's even y'all. Y'all had the hand clapping. Y'all sound great. Like all your audio You're just good. super impressed by the All hand your clapping. cameras look good. You're you're figuring out foreign time zones. Everything. Like I didn't I didn't do anything of this. It was just we we created a space, and y'all did it, and that feels real. That's that's why I war mm. against church or whatever. Anytime somebody's telling you do this, this, or this, like I would, I would literally feel like i'd want to vomit if i was telling you how to do your pocket listen i did bad christian and here's what i want you to do if you guys are doing deconstruction reconstruction make sure you do this this now if you ask me a question of course i would answer it but the thing that i love about this and i know that my fame influences this but the thing i love is i don't have a say in this y'all can say whatever you want on this and i'm so happy I hope it's horrible. I hope y'all mess up and do something really terrible. And I'm linked to it. And I'm linked to it. They say because, like you said, we we start this podcast because that one. I hope I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. because that's real at least. Like that's awesome. I don't. I mean, I just I'm so tired and exhausted by the fame and the power telling people what to do and controlling it, and saying I have the answer if you come to me. This, this, and this. Like yes. obviously, there's real. Uh, experience and there's things that you want and need and there's there's people have stories that you should go to and support financially uh you know with your listenership with so ads whatever it, more it is as a tool then um to be yeah able to i would do prefer more it to be a tool well it doesn't necessarily scare me just because luckily I, I'll, I'll say this i really believe god made me kind of a uh a, a, a big uh like a chubby big guy that you know always wanted attention but had to fight for it and all this stuff and i never was like super good looking the best charismatic the the funny anything like this so because if any of that would happen i probably would be very terrible i'd be an awful person i think like i got lucky that that i'm almost normal in a sense and so i don't i don't have the you know the the best looks or the greatest uh, personality or the smartest wits or anything like that i have a decent and i'm not even crashing myself i'm an awesome dude for sure. I, 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 I'm a cool guy to be around, but I'm just saying like, I, I think that it's pretty great that I get to be somewhere in the middle and still get to influence people. And that's, that's what I want to do. I'm not scared of it, but I, I, just a tweak or two of me and I'd be just awful. I wouldn't be real. And I'd be giving you answers right now that would just sound so awesome, but wouldn't be at all real. And, and you wouldn't know me at all. 
and I'd rather you kind of know me uh, with, with with the bad. Like I, I it, it hurts sometimes when I know I'm saying something on the Bad Christian Podcast, and I know people are going to think I'm a terrible person, or why would I say that, or why does he sound so mad, or why is he uh, being mean to Joey or whatever. But I <laughs> I have to let it out, or else you don't get the real Toby. So yeah, I'd way you're, rather you're that. I'd, I'd rather you go, man. Sometimes Toby's too much, but. At least that's real. You know that I'm real. So you can make a real decision on if you like me. If you don't, you can stay. You can go, whatever you want. But I'm trying to give you as much real as I can. I'm not going to give you everything real, but as much as I can, I try. That was a long answer. I apologize. Good God. (laughs) And I I still got a jab in it, Joey. (laughs) Come on. Come on. Fuck that guy, right? Hey, hey, right. Fade to Great Podcast. Fuck that guy, right? (laughs) Yeah, come on. Preach. That was a good, high-quality rant. I think we're all waiting for that. I can't help. I, I promise you, I was telling somebody, I don't know if I said this on the podcast or not, I, there are so many times, even just now, I'm in the middle of something, and I'll go, I am talking loud, and no one else is getting to talk, and I don't know how to stop. Welcome to my my world. This is how I feel on the podcast, too. It's like a freight train. How do I, yeah. how do I land this? I'm, like, not I'm not mad. I'm, not I'm so engaged, and I'm just here, and it's my my energy and my emotion and my it's passion. It's your passion. It's, it's, and, I, yeah. and it can go away, and I am not mad, but I understand how it's received sometimes. So, you know. Toby, I have to ask you, because... Um, I think the first time that we saw you live, you guys were at Warp Tour. I think it was 05, and you've been doing the podcast for a while. So, I mean, what do you guys see yourself doing for the next 20, 30, 40 years, however long (laughs) you last? I mean, are you going (laughs) to do, like, the Rolling Stones longevity? Like, (laughs) are you going to keep the band going forever or focus on other things? What do you see yourself doing? All right. That is such a tough question because if I asked you that question, what would you say? 30 years from now, what will you be doing? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'd say I'd still be in Emory. So. <laughs> it wouldn't yeah, work um, for me. I would say there's a decent chance that we'll still be doing music. Um, that not, not, not 30 years from now. I mean, I'll be 72 years old. I mean, most of y'all will be dead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna make it. You can do it. I, 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 with this alcohol, it's, it's I'm creating a great brine, and it's keeping me alive. I'll probably I'll be one of those people that makes it to nine, 93 or something like that. No, I just don't. I think creating music and creating stories and ideas and podcasts and all that stuff, it, it, entertainment content is really fascinating to me, and that's what I want to be doing. There is part of me that thinks it would be really fun to just walk away and work a nine to five. And when I clock out, that's I quit thinking about the job. Like uh, most of my family, maybe all of my family, I guess, uh, that's all they've ever done. I think I'm the only one that's ever even uh, stepped out and done anything creatively, cr- creatively or, uh, you know, so it, uh, entertainment wise, I guess. So if you did that, Toby, would you go back to something like teaching, which you got your degree in or what like what would you see yourself doing? If you completely kind of stepped away and went back to a normal life, what what would a normal job look like for you? What do you um, don't say engineer because you'll be busy with it in the weekends, evenings, and anytime. I couldn't be an engineer. Good God, I, I'm way I'm so terrible at math, and I also hate you're it. no you'll never show emotion. Yes, yeah, of course. <laughs> Let's just go ahead and say it, guys. This isn't even the podcast today. This is a intervention for Renee. It, Renee, we all know you don't have emotions. <laughs> We know. We've known for a long time. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding, Renee. Renee, you do have some emotions, and I'm glad. 
I, hey, I, I would love it to be less passionate. And in an argument, I would love to just think about it analytically and not raise, uh, you know, tension. That, don't only think of that as a bad thing. I don't know if you're saying it's a bad thing or, you, you know, maybe you want a little more fire, but the fire bites you, man, and it burns you. Anyway, back to the question. Um, I know one thing that Renee felt uh, motion wise after doing uh, Song Rescue was embarrassment. <laughs> he told he said that he couldn't play guitar that fast as i can so i That's felt true. like a king no i thought i said good stuff too i, I mostly talked about the recording i think I, I think you i think i got something and you said you're going to record your band you you guys are going in the studio aren't you yeah this year yeah that'll be awesome speaking about emotions and wives and all that fun stuff my wife could not be here today but she really wanted to and um, she's as well as a worship leader for a decade or more mm-hmm. and I uh, had a question for you. So if you don't okay. mind, I'll play that for you right now. All right. Hey, Toby, it's Elizabeth Williams. I'm a former worship leader myself. And after seeing all of the politics that's involved with worship teams and worship leaders in churches, do you think it's really worth music in the church? How is it possible to have music in the church without all of the politics. Well, okay, two things real quick, or at least one thing. Man, you guys are doing a great job production-wise <laughs> and tech-wise. I, I mean, Thank you, you. Just, Thank you. you just played that audio to me, and that isn't easy for everybody out there listening. Like, y'all are doing a great job. I mean, this many people on the podcast, the way you're sharing the mics and doing even though I haven't heard one word from Seth yet, I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm worried. I feel like he's, he's got like a God whammo him. question at the end to make me look terrible. I just feel like I don't know what he's doing back there. He's just lurking up there. But y'all are doing a great job. I, I'm serious. I am very impressed. Joey would never even understand what he, he thinks nothing like that. I bet he didn't even notice at all. I hope he did. But y'all are doing I just want to say from me to you guys. Tech-wise, great job. I'm very And I just want to say, we're leaving that part in right there, baby. I hope you do. Like This, this is, this is <laughs> I mean, everybody sounds so good. Your internet connections are great. Your cameras are great. And then to play the audio so simply like that, and it's set up. I mean, y'all have done your legwork, and I, I'm very impressed. I'm very now, impressed. Now do you construct the church for us. Uh, yeah, yeah. Nice things. Thank you for saying nice things. <laughs> now, uh... I, I hope I listened to the question because I was like, I was sitting there trying to listen to the question going, this is so awesome. He just played that and it's coming to my ears. I know that that I, I maybe, maybe I'll pick the right, you know, interface here with zoom or whatever, but great job oh. is, uh, let me make sure I got the question right. It's, it's, is there a place for music in church with worship leaders? With the politics, like, with the politics. She, yeah. She's noticed a lot of politics, you know, being on the stage, sharing the stage with the preacher and everything that it's right. like basically trying to manage all of the band, but not yes. really be a real band. So, so for me, uh, first of all, I, I am just devastated by uh, the lack of creativity and diversity within Christian music. Like That's the thing that really bums me out the most is that obviously there has to be more diversity each Sunday. Like That's, that's the thing that bums me out the most. And then two... There is no way, if there's a kick-ass band in front of you, that you don't somehow, in a way, worship the band. That's what that's what we do. Like that that, I mean, that's what we're built to worship something. And so when you see them, when you see something and it's awesome, your focus goes to that. And you can, I I believe that having a band standing in front of you, it's it's like going to a concert. And you should, in a way, I, I'm not saying worship them more than God or whatever, but you should give. Uh, 
a spiritual reaction almost, an emotional, physical, spiritual reaction to seeing your favorite band play or something like that, right? So if you're seeing a band and that music and that song is doing something, it, you, your worship then is connected to that band, then God. And so there's part of me that thinks there has to be a way, and I've been to some churches like uh, Jess and I were going to a church up in Nashville where the band, you almost couldn't see them. Right, they all sat down. They were to the side, and it was about the lyrics and the music. So the music influenced you, not the band influencing you. Maybe the music was great, and the ba- the band's doing it, and it's so awesome, and all that stuff. But you didn't have that visual connection, especially with men. Men are so visually inspired and connected to what they're seeing. Women have a way better uh, uh, way of experiencing things uh, and connecting with God, and and oftentimes women. And I'm I'm not speaking for all women. I'm just saying generally here uh, are are more readily available or open to experiencing a moment of worship or uh, emotion. Men see something and then are inspired by it or moved by it, and then so you're uh, unfortunately connected to it. So uh, all that to say, I don't know. And and if we're talking politically, what I, I don't know exactly what what you guys are implying there, but the idea is this band that I'm watching in front of me are awesome. They look great and I can't do that. So I'm glad so they're up there and I'm here. You know what I mean? But they're supposed to be worshiping the right way. Like they're they're playing the music the right way. They're worshiping the right way. They're holding their hands the right way. Everything is informing you how you should worship and that's what I think is really frustrating because my worship doesn't have to be informed by that. It shouldn't be. I, I I'm way different. Like I mean, what, no matter who you are, you can worship in your own way. I mean, uh, Renee and I are, are gonna, uh, you know, are gonna worship differently, and both yeah, with are, the c word. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but w- w- both, both of them are going to could be, can be authentic and real, and look completely different or seem completely different, uh, more energetic, less energetic, whatever. And both can be just as powerful. And so the church has made a real mistake of putting people in front of you, and it's entertainment and awesome and good. And I mean, I, I'm telling you, like even working at Seacoast, I mean. The singers, the musicianship, the lights, everything is phenomenal. It's awesome. I mean, it is good. I, we I want that here, man. We want that here because we do not have it. We got a reformed church that's completely blank. It. I. They put me on the side of the stage somewhere, which I'm sorry, as I don't know. But what do you? Why do you want to be in front of people, though? That's the. That's right. The, why do you want to be in front of them? I, I just wanted to be. I mean, I sometimes make music with with the band. For church, I make ba- I make music with my band, but yeah. I also have another band for church. And there's not as much passion in making music for God, and that's crazy because I play in a band that isn't even a, a band that's busy with politics or faith because the health of the guys isn't even believing in God. Um, but there's so much more passion in my band than in, than there is in church. So you believe in hardcore more than you do in Jesus. I like that. No, I like <laughs> Jesus probably could make a pretty good two-step too. But um, <laughs> no, I, I just think it's weird. It strikes me as, as weird, you know, because there's more passion found uh, in, in, in some band than there's found in church. And you're making music for God, not even for mm. people. And I think, that's just as weird. Uh, don't, don't you guys think? Uh, well, I, is that the I, same experience there, or is it like because the band in church is that damn good, and the light and every the production is that good that there's more passion in the band? Is that is that is that some 
something. No, but but what you're talking about is the logistics of being in a band. But worshiping God through music, I don't think is a is is a light show, kick ass rock show thing. Like the reason you feel more energetic and more inspired from your your hardcore band or whatever would be because you are choosing to create music that you believe in. At church, it sounds like you are. Here's the music play it, and you're pushed over to the side. Now, if you were creating music, it doesn't matter where you're at on the stage. It doesn't matter about stage plotting or anything like that. Like, if you were on the side of the stage getting to play guitar to a song that that inspires you or that you helped write, or that's what I'm saying about the diversity and stuff. The songs you play at church, do you write them? No, but, I mean, I'm not saying that I'm not passionate about the music that I, I make in church, but it seems like the other the other folks there, I, I got to kind of drag the passion out of them. Like, come on, man, you're making music for God here. And it's more serious than the, this, this band on, on that I play in on a Wednesday. And somehow, yeah, it, it, it just strikes me as weird, you know, and... Well, you're trying to draw energy from the crowd, which is just natural. No, not, not, not the crowd, but just the band members itself. Just Oh, yeah, but well, even them, yeah. I mean, but that's what I'm saying. Worship music has to be different than that then. Like, the only thing it can be is in, when you're playing guitar, is you're playing guitar for God, not for the other band or anything like that. So speaking of church. Yes. Here we go. <laughs> like, Seth, is the, oh, <laughs> I have no idea what to expect here. My God. <laughs> I know you spent some time at Mars Hill. Is that right? I sure did. I worked there. I was a worship leader there for one year, and I went. I went to the church many years before you know before I became the worship leader. Well, you know, and I was at Con last year, so I know that you had some speakers on that. But I just kind of wanted to get your take on how do you feel that's changed you, or like what do you what do you take from that experience? From Mars Hill, you mean? Like, what do I take from my time at Mars Hill? Yeah. Man, this is so, it's like, it's funny because uh, part of me think, okay, so Mars Hill existed, now it doesn't exist, and Mark Driscoll, the lead pastor, has left Seattle and lives in Arizona now and still preaches. Um, He was awesome, and he changed my life, and because of the church that he started, I am a better person now. At the same time, because he was so uh, controlling and charismatic and pushed for things, it ended up imploding because when you have a charismatic leader like that, uh, just a brilliant, amazing person, uh, if there is no tether, if there is nobody in the church system that can reel him in and say, you're being a dickhead right now, then it gets crazy and that's what you see i think with most mega churches and stuff like that i don't i don't think the lead pastor has much of a tether at all and so it's it's frustrating to me because i can honestly say it changed my life for the good and i'm sad that it ended the way that it did because it was super hurtful to a lot of people um i was thinking the other day like mark driscoll nailed it i can remember him saying that jesus was the was the lead pastor of the church that everybody else was just there but then that then I realized, you know, now, you know, years later that he didn't really believe it. He was right, but he didn't really believe that. He was the lead pastor and he was going to make the decisions. And I I'm I was thinking through today, it's so funny. Like I catch myself especially when I'm like, you know, out for a walk or jog or exercising is when my brain works the best or when I'm driving the bus to the next gig or whatever early in the morning. Um 
I realize that anytime you have a church system, if it is, it's, it's almost inevitably going to end up being uh, led by the most charismatic, intelligent, fun, uh, attention-grabbing person. But yeah. that is devastating and detrimental and will always be bad and won't ever work. Like, of course, Stephen Furtick at his church or Matt Chandler or whatever mega pastor you want to talk talk about, of course, they're the best speaker. Of course, they, they are going to say things that are going to energize a crowd. That has nothing to do with leadership or what I think a, a pastor should be, which would be a shepherd. And I think almost no pastor these days, I better not say that. <laughs> many pa- many pastors. You have Chris say it, or not yeah, Chris, but yeah. Chad, one of our yeah. listeners, been not my church. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> many pastors aren't shepherds, and that's what a pastor should be. So if, if if a pastor is about preaching and getting in front of people and saying that the most important thing is sharing the gospel, that is not a pastor. A pastor is about shepherding people and actually being involved in their lives and helping them. So if a pastor doesn't even know, you know, uh, even a third or, you know, uh, an eighth of their congregation, what what shepherding is that? All he's doing is preaching a message, which that's what he likes doing. He lo- he, he likes getting in front of you and preaching a message. That, that, that's his, you know, his skill or hobby or the thing he likes the most, but that doesn't mean anything. The same way, I, I mean, it just doesn't mean anything. And so it, it's frustrating to me that you could have somebody like Mark Driscoll that's so talented and so awesome and you can't even go, I'm calling bullshit on you, Mark. And he goes, yeah, you're probably right. That's all he had to do. All he had to do in that moment when people finally called bullshit on Mark Driscoll, all he had to go is, shit, man, you're right. Mm-hmm. Damn it. I, yeah. I let myself get get too big for my britches or whatever you want to say. And I'm sorry. That, if he would have done that, just what I just said, I guarantee you, Mars Hill would probably be the biggest church in, in America, if not the world, because it would have been a real moment where you got the guy that is awesome. I, I promise you, I feel so guilty. It's like a it's like I'm looking at porn or something. I'll sneak over sometimes. <laughs> I'll sneak over sometimes. I'll see him, uh, you know, it pops up, Mark Driscoll's live, and I'll watch it. I'll watch his whole sermon still, and I, I, I think he's shitty. I think he did a really <laughs> shitty thing, and, and he's not. He's that talented. He can open up the scripture and the Bible that that well. I mean, he's that good, and it's just it, it's frustrating to me that there's all these people, and the biggest thing they need is, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa! I can't preach like you, but dude, I can see this. But he can't. He can't go there, and all these people can't go there. They just all, all these pastors that we're calling them pastors. They're, they're preachers. They're not pastors. And, you know, even on our podcast, Joey got mad at me for calling out the church system recently, but I just, uh, it it just, I can't, I almost can't take it anymore. We agree with you here, though. We hate the system here. Yeah, Toby, it's like you said, if he would have just came out and have been honest, people respect honesty. And that's why people flock to small groups because people are transparent and people flock to true man experiences and shit like that because people are real. If they saw a leader be real. Bad Christian, too. Yeah, totally. Yeah, exactly. So if 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 you're going to sit there and lie and everybody knows, then it it's it's not helping anything at yeah. all. And and we're not being honest or helpful to him. Like there's has to be a time where everybody gets a moment to be uh, you know, pastoral to somebody else. Like every, everybody on this podcast right now, there is a moment or many in your life where somebody needs something and you can just be honest. And that's not telling them or using, you know, power or anything. It's just like, hey, this is what I actually think. 
hey, this is what I really think right now. Yeah. And it's just from my experience in my life, and it might not be, it might not even work for you or whatever. But I'm just going to be real with you, and yeah. and that is so much more valuable than telling you these five steps on Sunday morning or something like that. And we need to hear from the people who are closest to us because they know us best, and we just need to be able yeah. to listen. And that's what we do here at Fade to Gray is really just try to gain from each experience and not just project ourselves on them. Yeah. And I need you to be real with me right now, Toby. Okay. On the Bad Christian Podcast, you talk about your father. Yeah. Uh, and how he doesn't really view your success in the same light as most people would. Yeah. Uh, he just doesn't get it kind of thing. Um, what I don't hear much, though, is you talk about your relationship with your mom. Yeah. So would you maybe tell us a little bit about what that's like and if she's been supportive? Uh. It, yeah, I got the two craziest parents ever. I mean, maybe uh, I say that y'all probably all have crazy parents. <laughs> Everybody has crazy parents, right? Um, so both my parents are uh, just spitfire, fireballs, arguing, angry at one minute, not the next. Totally different, totally the same at the same time. It's just weird. Um, my mom, if you met my mom you would go, gosh, Toby's mom is the coolest older lady I ever met. She is just so great. I mean, you would be enthralled. You, 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 would, you would have to pull yourself away from the conversation. She would, she's just a talker, a charmer. I mean, she's charming, just so charming. Um, most of the stuff she says isn't true. <laughs> and I'm, and I, I'm only saying this on this podcast because I know she doesn't uh, know technology that well. I'm not going to listen to it. None of her, none of the people that even would probably would. Uh, they don't. I'm, I'm lucky. I try to avoid some of that stuff because I don't want stuff to go, get back. Matt always pushes me that I should talk more openly about my parents. It, it's even crazier that I'm going to even say here. Uh, but it. I get so much from them and it's all good and all bad. I get so much good and so much bad from them and it's really crazy. And so my mom, like I said, it, if, if any of us on this podcast sat down, I, I tap into my mom and I know you will like me and I know that I can, like she's just such a good conversation. Conversation is so weak these days and my mom's so good at it. And she gave me that, that talent that I'm interested. Like if we sit and have coffee, anybody here, I'm going to find out about you and you're going to feel like I'm invested because I, I I am and my mom is too but in some ways she's invested to find out more information in a way S- Sounds like it. she's a really good con artist to me like and the best con is when everybody gets what they want and as long as she can provide that and still gives what she wants then she's a great con artist I mean like, yes. I'm not calling your mom I mean, it just sounds no, like uh, if you ever seen the yeah. brothers bloom that's the quote y- Yes exactly so you're you're right in a way you that's what I'm saying. You're exactly right in the sense of you get something out of it. Like you walk away from talking to my mom going, man, that's crazy. That's, that's just, she was just such a nice lady and she's so awesome. And then there's something that is there also that isn't as good. And I have to war against that. I, I could tap into that immediately and, and be a worse person. I have to realize when I'm thinking that or when I'm using my brain in a, I, I don't like using the word manipulative because I, I don't think I use people. I, I don't want to use somebody to manipulate them for my gain. I find enjoyment of if I can manipulate somebody and it works for them and they feel great. 
Like that's the you know I'm a if it's Pull, a, pulling yeah. a Matt Carter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Matt, it also has to give you red flags though when you're talking to people and you can kind of oh, see some of the same mannerisms that you see in your mother. One hundred percent. Shut those people down real quick or not value yes. what they have to say quite as much because you can see they are pulling something. It is it, well also. Uh, okay, so I, I have a real problem with empathy. Like when I'm talking to people, I feel what they're going through. Like Joey and Matt and all my friends would tell you this. Like if you're going through something bad, I'm feeling it. Like it, it's like, oh, shit. What? And I'm immediately in go mode. Like I, it, it is so funny how often somebody off the cuff will say, man, yeah, if I could just find a better job or I could do this. I'm on, you know, Indeed.com looking for that. And I'll text them five jobs that I found or what, you know, like I, I'll just, I just can't stop myself. And like at the same time, you're, you're exactly right. When I know somebody's lying, I immediately go, okay, I'm sizing them up. I'm closing these parts of myself off. And also I pray to God and try to help them that nobody else picks up on their lies because it feels so awful if they were to get busted. Because I've seen my mom busted before or something like that. or you know, and, and, and it just feels so awful that I, and I almost can be an enabler because I hate it so much. Like I'm not going to be friends with them. I'm going to control everything from this point. And also... I don't want them to be hurt because I feel it like when somebody's lying, there's something lacking within them. So, for example, if my mom tells a fib or doesn't tell the truth, I have to now I'm able to see it outside of myself and go, there's something lacking in her. She feels like her life isn't that exciting or that worthy of entertainment. And so why would you like my mom? Like if she was having a conversation with you, she and somewhere in her brain goes, why would you like me unless I tell you something you know, fantastical? Or something like that. And so she mm-hmm. goes there and tells you something crazy, and it happens all the time. And I know her so well that I have to sit there through it, but I allow her sometimes still to do it. Some, I, I called her out several times. Sometimes I allow it to go. Sometimes I don't anymore. But it just makes me sad in a way because she's just trying to be, in a way, cool. And so, yeah, you're right. It, it shuts me down. Like I can pick up a liar in a minute. I can sniff out a liar in a second. It's, um, I mean, it just, there's no chance because I've had so much experience with it. No chance that I don't know if somebody's feeding me a line of bullshit and I go, okay, all right, here we go. Well, I was just going to say like he, he is a lot like his mom because I went to a VIP in Sacramento and the dude let, let us be on his bus for three (laughs) hours. I kept thinking to myself, when are they going to kick us off? This is ridiculous. I'm like, dude, can you guys kick us off? So I don't feel like I'm like just blowing like just blowing up my uh my welcome here because he was sitting there talking to us for three hours and was so dude you were so engaging seriously that felt it just felt like hanging out with a buddy and well, that's how yeah but i like you though I, if you weren't uh easy to be around i wouldn't have done that that is true like he's, I, pre- it, he's yeah. pretty likable it's not it, that wasn't just me being <laughs> cool you're a cool dude too you know, I'll, I will, I'll have to take that compliment because I did have a few edibles before I got to that bus. <laughs> so I was like eating a taco and I'm like, hey, what's up? Meet and greet. What's going on? <laughs> that was a good night. Uh, good night. Uh, Chris, sorry I interrupted you for that. No, no worries. <laughs> Speaking of your family, uh, Toby, and I know we, you have to go soon. Um, I was going to ask you, I see Mike Morell, your brother, in the background. and we, we have a question for him and wanted to know if we could speak to him real quick. All right, I'll try. I'll try to get him. I'll try to get Mike to say something. It won't be good. Look at it Mike. Be he's funny he's or bashful. good. Don't he's a lot shy, bigger Mike. than I Don't thought he was. Mike, we want to know if Mike. Shit, calm the calm the hell down. 
Oh, Shit, I'm sorry, well, Mike, Fade to Gray. Golly. I'll, that's you... okay. That's okay, Mike. We just wanted to know who you plan on voting for in the next election. <laughs> Your mom, motherfucker! <laughs> oh. <laughs> 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 Mike Morrell, everybody. She's Mike the best Morrell. head of state! <laughs> Damn it, I hate my brother. I hate that y'all made me do that. I, I hate you. I'm sorry. Oh. Thanks for allowing him on. Like, thanks, he left. Mike, Mike left. <laughs> he's, he's peeling out in his 71 blazer. He's, he's, he's drinking and driving right now because he <laughs> Be safe out there, Mike. Be safe. Thoughts and prayers. Man, this has been great. I know that you had stuff to do today. And do Way better grilling. than that Joey Svensson, right? Good Lord. Oh, boy. This, this oh, episode bummer. doubles that. That was a bummer episode to end on. the. It, you ended the season with that. Yeah, it was guys, so I just really hate my life. It's really horrible. He was just laying down with a nasolator on. <laughs> rubbing his feet. Yeah, at least you didn't rub your oh, feet while we were talking. Oh, he, uh, he rubs those feet unreal. We now know what you have to go through. <laughs> Y'all, y'all had so much better audio production than, than Joey. I mean, he didn't even know. He had no clue, and y'all just killed it, and he didn't even know. Well, you know, when you have that disposable income like Mr. Svensson, it's oh, hard man. to pay attention to how to make a good podcast. I know. <laughs> he, just, he thinks the little people should do it. All that Taz money. Yeah. Oh, good Lord. You're oh, right. we love you, Joey. Do you have anything, Toby, that you want to promote? Uh, when is this coming out? Y'all know? About Probably two weeks. Week. In about two weeks. Okay. Well, I'll be out on A True Man. We are, uh, Emory's playing Florida at the end of fe- uh, January, beginning of February. And then, yeah, the, B- the Bad Christian Con is in Dallas. And we'd love for anybody to come to that. Wow. And it's a, it's a Valentine's Day weekend. So it'd be a good Valentine's Day treat to give to your boo. <laughs> I'm on a con, but it cost me $3,000. Oh, God, I know. You're right. I, I can't imagine. Like, if, you know, flying into America or flying out of America is so damn expensive. It's ridiculous. No, they just charge Europeans three thousand dollars to get into the con. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. I forgot about that part. <laughs> priorities, priorities. The BC nationalists. Yeah. Can, can we get you to? Can we get you to call Renee a cunt? Oh no, <laughs> I'm not doing that. Mason already tried that. He failed. He did. All right. All right. Let's let let's let Toby go. Toby, thank you so much for being on, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. I sure do appreciate Toby, it. Appreciate you. All right. Thank you. See you guys. See you, man. Wonderful, wonderful time with Toby Morell. The uh, the I would say probably the most famous uh, douchebag I've ever met. But I still love him. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you know when you start a sentence and you're like, you don't even know where you're going. Yeah, you're like you're like how, how many? I think I think Renee knows about that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, good oh, times. Man. Well, hey, man, that was that was seriously uh, a treat because, dude, that's that's how we all got to know each other and and to have him on here and to just have him literally hop on and just like Joey be one of the one of us and he just he's just in it in the conversation and that that helped the episode so much. I'm Did anybody I'm else get stoked. uncomfortable about how many compliments he was giving us? I was like, please stop. I feel great about it. When you're fabulous, you deserve to be told you're fabulous. That's right. He's kind of like our father. <laughs> Wait, didn't we call Joey daddy or was that just me? You did. Yes. You oh, did. it was just me. Okay. I didn't call Joey daddy. <laughs> Renee, stop crying. Sorry, sorry, guys. <laughs> See, I actually didn't know that about you, Renee. I thought you were, you know, emotional when you needed to be emotional. But I didn't know you were a sex robot. Oh, yeah, sorry, man. I, I am. Um... <laughs> Are you? <laughs> you yourself. There's nothing wrong with that. I think maybe he had a couple of edibles. No, dude, I'm still talking to Mr. Morell. Is he reaching out to you? Is he worried? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, like, like, yeah. Hey, he's worried. He's, he's saying, hey, he's can like, you yeah. guys actually delete that episode? Because that was, that was a little too revealing, and I felt like I said some stuff I shouldn't have. <laughs> okay, guys, well, that was uh, the season two premiere. That was... Pretty badass. It was a lot of fun, man. I can't wait for the rest of this season, man. With Toby Morell starting it out, I'm telling you guys, um, some of the interviews we have on this roster have definitely got me excited for what the future of Fade Degree has to hold and the community that's growing on Marco Polo. Um, the fact that Marco Polo is reaching out, wanting to work with us. I mean, there's just a lot of irons in the fire that we have coming up, you know, doing some movie nights, some hangouts. Just, I'm very excited about this season, too. It's and be what, good. Are, what are some of the topics we're covering? I, I think we have like a uh, little bit of a cannabis subject, and then we have maybe some uh, anxiety. We'll find out. All right. Stay tuned on season two of Fade to Gray. If you like what you heard today, make sure to leave us a review over at iTunes. Please consider supporting our sponsors. And if you'd like to join the conversation, download the Marco Polo app and join us online. You can also find us at FadeToGreyPodcast.com or on one of our social media pages. Thanks again for listening to the Fade to Grey Podcast. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.